Thank you for tuning in to today's life message from Cornerstone Church. We hope you enjoy today's encouraging message. If you would like more information about the church, stay tuned after this podcast. All right, guys. Uh, well, let's, uh, let's pray together and, uh, and then dive into God's Word and explore some good things this morning. Uh, Father, we are so grateful to be in your house, God, to be together, to be your people. God, you, you're working in every single person here. Uh, God, very often we get caught up in our own lives uh, to the point that we don't realize that you are working so in-depthly into the life of every single person around us. And that work comes out as we, as we are together, God, as you work through different people, God. We end up impacting each other and changing each other. Uh, we are different because of those that we know. God, thank you for your fingerprints on those around us and how you use that to change us. And thank you for your fingerprints on us as well, God, because then we get to play our part in making a difference too, God. And that is a joy and a treasure and a mystery beyond us. God, bless this day. Bless your word. God, just uh, open up our minds and our hearts that we can grasp, understand, and move forward, mature, in all the necessary ways for the days and times we live in, God, and to just grow in our love for you, primarily that. Father, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Um, so today, um, the, the passages won't be on the screen um, because I didn't give them to Albert because I kind of like the oceany sounds of everyone flipping through their Bibles um, or the complete silence of tapping it on your screen depending on which one you end up using. Um, but no, I like the interactiveness there. And so we're going to start in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, and we're going to briefly look at the first three verses at the beginning of chapter 4. Now, to, to give you context, because I feel like that's really important, um, contextually, um, Paul is here writing here to, to Timothy, um, and he's telling him how to conduct himself in ministry. And while Timothy is getting this instruction about how to conduct himself in ministry and how to be an evangelist and how to do all these things, um, even though it's specifically written to Timothy, it still has strong parallels for how we ourselves can operate in the world today and the circumstances we're in. So I'm going to read this, and then we're going to look at it perhaps a little differently. Um, I'm reading from the NET version for most of mine, so if yours is a little different, then you know, I have a different translation. Um, that's okay, though. And so here we go. He, uh, he says, I solemnly charge you before God and Christ Jesus, who is going to judge the living and the dead by his appearing and his kingdom. So he says, you know, by this charge, Timothy, here's what I want you to do. This is verse 2. Preach the message. Be ready whether it is convenient or not. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with complete patience and instruction. And I love that when he says patience and instruction because these words could be taken harshly, and yet he does not mean them harshly. He says, in all these things, do them with patience and instruction for those around you. For there will be a time when many people will not tolerate sound teaching. Instead, following their own desires, they will accumulate teachers for themselves because they have an insatiable curiosity to hear new things. Now, this passage absolutely relates to the days that we are in. It really does. It really does. This is often a sermon that we desire because we see the, the differences in the days that we live in and the principles that we live by. Like, we see a, a stark contrast. So we very much desire messages about things like this. I'm, 
you know, very often, we want something that's going to get us fired up, that where we go out into the world so that we don't compromise, you know, good and evil, that we're actually taking a stand for what is light and good on this earth. We really, we, we, we desire that. And in our desiring that, we sometimes forget there's a step before these verses. Because there is a stark contrast in the world, and at times, that contrast gets all of our attention. Instead of that attention being given primarily to our Father, it, we kind of get so caught up in the, the, the differences between what is right and wrong, while we should notice them, that we actually take our eyes off our Father, who originally taught us what good is. Because we just get so caught up in the conflict. So, the step before this is to hear from our Father personally, to get his take on it. Um, Karina, you really introduced this really well. Like, that was, you know, like, going to him for it. Like, that was, it was spot on. It was so good. Um, imagine for a moment a soldier who goes into combat for a worthy cause, a totally worthy cause. And he goes into combat, but he gets so caught up in the warfare, he begins to, it, it drowns out all orders from any commanding officer. So he just keeps, just keeps plowing forward in the battle, you know, arena after arena, you know, battle after battle, just kind of moving forward as he sees fit because he's so caught up in the moment, he's not listening to any orders anymore. Or imagine even a whole troop doing that. Of all men who, they're there for a good, like a worthwhile cause that needs to happen, and they're charged forward, but they're so caught up in the scenario that they're not really listening to any other information coming in. Now, it's not that their cause was bad, but how effective are they going to be? How purposeful are they going to be? Are they going to head in the direction they really needed to, or are they just going to head into the thing they see next? Because they don't have that, that direction, you know? They're just, they're, you know, they're, they're going with the intention, which is good, but they're not listening to the orders that are coming in, and so the specifics of what to do and when to stay put and when to move forward and who's, who's the bad guy or how to handle, I mean, all that stuff gets pretty muddled pretty fast. And all of a sudden, clarity is, is, is missing. So you see, in this moment, guys, that listening, listening there, you know, hearing what's going on from the commanding officers is really important. It's really important. We want to be on target. There, in these times, it's, it's tempting to really want to be the different ones so we can be heard. Because these days, everybody wants to be heard. Like, everybody has a megaphone in both hands. Like, as a society, both sides of every situation, you know, I mean, we're just seeing every, everyone's just, you know, if I can yell louder, they're going to hear me more, you know. And, and, we, and we see this a lot. It's, it's, it's kind of just, it's almost like an encouraged, um, I don't know, atmosphere, sort of, of, like, that's how you handle things. Everybody wants to have an edge over all the other voices. But here's the truth. That's a losing game. You see, there's always going to be someone else who's smarter. There's always going to be someone else who's better informed, who has a new statistic, who has a better argument. When you, when you play that game, unless you're the best guy at that game, you've lost. 
whenever you play, where, where you, where you got to shout, you got to come up with a good argument, or you got to come up with a good strategy, or all these things, right? When we play that, it's a game of, composed of mostly losers. And that's not an insult, that's just how it works. That's how it functions. It doesn't, it doesn't turn out well, okay? I, I got to admit, you know, um, I love teaching. And the idea of being able to say, look at complex issues and gather the information and organize it and come up with a good way to explain it and then present it to people and with a solution, like, that gets me excited. Like, I love things like that. But I know that that's not ultimately where the answers come from. As, as excited as I am to get to explain things and get, you know, I mean, that's a passion I have, but being the smartest person just isn't the answer. It's just not, I mean, you know, it's, I mean, and, and I, I mean, I enjoy learning. I'm going back to school right now. I, I really enjoy it, but that's not, that's not the answer, guys, which is good news, honestly. It's really good news. It's really tempting to want to be the different person so that we can be heard. And then so that we can be heard, it's really tempting to then to go to our Father and say, okay, Father, well, so, you know, what do I need to do because I really want to be heard on this earth? But even then, we're kind of, we're, 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 we're going a little bit, we're, we're missing the real point here. We're going to go a little bit to the side. What if we sought to hear from our Father because we love Him? Just, just because we love Him. And what if just doing that, what if seeking after our Father because we love Him and to hear from Him took care of all the other things we just talked about, the, the hearing and the knowing what to do and how, you know, and in these such confusing times. I mean, just, you know, that's a lot of stuff. But what if it's as simple as, God, I love you, and I want to know what you say because I love you, not because I need a strategy. Strategies are good. They, they, they come also, you know. I mean, some of the best strategies of my life for how to live or how to conduct things or what to do have come out of my time with God, and yet I find that if my primary, primary searching is for the strategy, I don't find him. But when I find him, I find the strategy. Does this make sense? You with me here? Yeah? It's the order matters. The order I approach it in matters. I want to have a life of listening. And in times that pull me to try to say, Josh, have a strategy, have a plan, know, know all the answers, you know, memorize the facts. Like, I mean, thing, you know, things pull me into that place in the world that I live in. It, pull, it tries to pull me there. And I have to intentionally say, no, no, I mean, you know, yes, do I want the insight? I do. Yeah, I want wisdom. I want all these things. But primarily, I want my father because the order matters. So, what does a life of listening look like? That's what I kind of want to explore today. What does that life look like? And, and how do we actually conduct, well, you know, practically, how do we actually conduct our lives so that we can listen well? That's what I want to look at today. Are you okay with this? Yes? Good, good, because I'm going to do it anyway if you're not. Um, all right, so in John 10, 27, John 10, 27, there's just one very short verse, Jesus says something very simple here. He says... My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Sheep listen to the voice of someone they are familiar with, yes? Yeah, everyone pretty much knows, you know? If it's a stranger's voice, they have no reason to follow that voice, therefore they don't follow the stranger. Like there's, you know, it, it's very simple. So here's the question, and I can't answer this for you exactly. 
what does God's voice sound like in your life? What does it sound like in your life? What comes to your mind when I say that? Because, see, I, I'm thrilled to get to play a part of conveying God's truth to you in his word. And I mean, that's, you know, I'm passionate about what I get to do. But I can't take the place for you being able to hear him for yourself when you're out in the world. No one can. We got to be able to hear our father personally. Like, all right, you, you know, you, you can be, have a friendship with me, but your relationship with him is you and him. Like, you don't, need, you, don't, you don't need me to explain everything to you whenever you have a relationship with him yourself. You, I mean, you know, I, it, it's kind of like how um, I, I am a supplemental thing, but the relationship with our father is the primary. You know, I just supplement. I'm just, I'm, I'm an extra thing on the side here. But our individually, as we know our Father, that's the main thing. So, what does God's voice in your life sound like, and what do you do with it? Now, I'm going to tell you what, what I do. This is not what you have to do, but it's something that helps me. I write down what he says. I have on our shelf at home journals from years that are, and the only thing in those journals are dreams I've had and things that he has conveyed to me during worship, during time with him, things he made sense, you know, things he's just whispered into my heart, and I write them down. And I have found, as I've been intentional about writing them down, that I am more intentional about noticing when it happens. And I, rem I remember it better and longer because I, 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 it means something to me. And the a cool thing is that I get to go and flip back through those journals, and I get to see things that he has said or dreams that I had a long time ago or things that, you know, maybe words I was given. And then and that was years ago. Like, I started recording those things like, I don't know, nine or ten years ago. I look back and I see that things that God pointed towards or things that God hinted at or things that God told me what happened did. Like, I, and I look at it and I'm like, man, like, well, when I received this, I was so shaky and I had no idea what to do. And God gave me this encouragement and I believed for this thing. I didn't know if this thing was ever going to happen. And now here I am in 2020, and I know that, to that totally happened. Like, he totally showed up. It was so cool. You know what I mean? I, when I look back at that history, all of a sudden, whatever's happening today has now been colored by the history I'm reviewing as I read back over what God said to me. So what does his voice sound like in your life? You know, I I've learned personally, that he, he communicates in different ways to me. He communicates in dreams. He communicates when I read his word, whenever I, I you know, put, you know uh, engage in worship, you know, not just not sing the songs, but engage it. There's a big, you know, there's a big difference there. Um, at times, you know, someone will say something that is so on target that they could not know about my life. Okay, I write that one down, you know, like I've learned how he operates with me. And we all do that. I mean, you know, I think I've said this before. Who's ever had an inside joke with a friend? And, you know, you, one of you says something and you both laugh and the person who wasn't there at the time is like, what's, what's so funny about a bowling pin or what? You know, I mean, just, you know, like it doesn't make sense to them, right? But it's an inside joke for you and your friend because you have this bond. The same kind of thing happens, guys, that as we, as we learn the voice of our father, we begin to pick up on things so much faster because we have that connection and we all have an individual one. You know, that he is consistent and he is good across the board, but at the same time, he, he builds this personal relationship with each of us that we get to explore and own and live in, which is a big statement. So when Jesus says, my sheep listen to my voice, it implies that the sheep know that voice really well. 
Um, just to give you a quick example, years ago, I, um, I was in, kind of in a rough place where I was like, I felt like I was kind of beating my head up against the wall. I didn't really know what to do. And I was like, God, you know, what am I supposed to do? I really need an answer here. I was just really frustrated. I was like, God, and, and honestly, I was a little bit, um, what's the word? I, I, like a little bit of self-pity, you know, like wasn't really constructive. You know, I just, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't handling things the way I needed to internally. On the outside, I, I, I looked, you know, pretty good because I, I spent many years as an actor in high school. Um, but, but on the inside, you know, I was struggling with some things, you know, like I was just, you know, and, and, and not, not all of it was I struggling with well, I, you know, as we humanly do. And so I was praying. I was like, God, what am I supposed to do? Like, I need an answer here. Like, I'm just, I'm so discouraged, and I kind of fed my own discouragement a little bit. I was like, God, what am I supposed to do? So then I had a dream that night, and in the dream, this man, I, um, I was working um, back in the school in the classroom, and in the dream, a man shows up to the school in a solid white uniform. Um, he's got these, like, this, I don't know, medals or, or some decorative thing for his uniform on the side, and he comes into my classroom, and he begins to instruct me on how to conduct things a little bit better, and he gives me specific instructions for myself and how I should do things. So when I woke up from the dream, I thought, well, God, I mean, I guess that gives me some insight on how to conduct things with the kids, but... I mean, I, you know, I need something for me here. Like, God, you still didn't answer my question, you know. And so inside, I'm just like, okay, well, God, that's nice, but that's not what I asked, you know. Like, that's how I felt about it. So then it's, uh, it's chapel day at school that day. So I come to school, and we're going about, and I send the kids on the chapel, and I'm going to use that time to catch up on classroom things. And Renee walks by, and someone yells to Renee and says, Renee, who is the chapel speaker today? And she yells back, oh, it's the police chief. And I continue working, and it, it, you ever have a moment where it's like, you, it, you, the light bulb should have gone off like that, but it took like 90 seconds for the light bulb to really go off. That's what happened to me. I was, I was, you know, I was still going about my business, and I'm like, police chief? So I walk back down the hallway, and I walk into the chapel to see a man standing here in the same uniform I saw in my dream with the same medals on the side and everything. And that day, he taught the kids, he did his whole message about the importance of, um, uh, the, the armor of God, like putting, you know, holding the shield of faith, the belt of, you know, the whole thing. He went through all the way through it, and he gave this awesome talk on it. And it was directed at children, but essentially what he said was, guys, in this world, you want to be able to stand strong, so you need to put on the full armor, you know? And as he was saying, I was like, oh, this is, this one's for me. You know, he was directing it towards children, but it was totally a message for me, you know? And so I sat down. Now, I could have gotten done a couple things in the classroom, and that's where my mind was. But no, God was, and, and had I not had that dream and that, that trigger moment, I would have stayed there. The kids would have come back. I would have said, hey, kids, how's chapel? And they said, oh, it was great. Okay, good. Okay, well, let's get back to work, you know. And, and I would have still been wondering, God, what am I supposed to do? But, but he communicated, right? He gave me the dream, which caused a little light bulb moment, which caused me to come in here and hear something. And I knew it was specifically for me because I saw the dude in my dream before I ever met him in real life. You follow? Yeah? So it's like he... He communicates, and I have learned over time. I'm not going to say that I learned what to do with dreams after a day of hearing that he can talk to you that way. No, no. It, this took a while. It's an, been an investment. But now that I know that my father talks, I sure wanna, I want to I sure listen, guys. Amen? Yeah? Okay. The next scripture, just, so please take away from that, man. Guys, God speaks to everybody. It's, ne it's never just the, any, any person uh, holding a microphone or who leads a Bible study or who wrote that book. He speaks to all of us. And he wants, he wants you to know that. 
in um, John 14, 27, before Jesus ascended, he told his disciples, he said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world does, which is really good news. Do not let your hearts be distressed or lacking in courage. I like this because, and I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again because I think it still makes sense. When he says, don't let your hearts be distressed or lacking in courage, I like it that, he, that the things that came before are the reasons why to not be distressed or lacking in courage. Because, and I've said it before, who here has ever felt angry or frustrated or scared or nervous or anything, and someone tells you, well, just calm down. And you want to punch them in the face. <laughs> It's like, thank you. Oh, calm down. I never would have thought of that. Oh, thank Man, you know, I'm really glad you said that. I'm just going to calm down now. Like, you know, because, it, because it's that easy, right? It's that easy to, oh, I don't know why I was feeling that way. I'll just calm down. Yeah, that's just, right? Because it doesn't work that way. If someone just tells you to calm down and doesn't actually give you a reason to, you know, you, you can look, you look at them like, are you hearing me? You know, like, did you miss something here? You know, so I love it because he doesn't just say, guys, don't feel that way. Because it doesn't work that way. You can't just decide, oh, I'm just not going to feel that way because I'm just not going to feel that. Well, no, I mean, you haven't really solved a problem. You maybe shoved something way, way down. It's going to come back later. But you haven't actually done anything with it. When he says, peace I leave with you, my peace, as in the dude who was like at peace all the time, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world does. We want to be really good at receiving. Because he, he, he says, my peace I give to you. Jesus is, is per, a perfect giver. We're not always the best receivers. You know, it's, it, um, it just gets a little, you know, we're just not. We're not always the best. There can be moments in our life where there is chaos and the peace of God falls and we didn't do anything and it's just his grace. And that totally happens. It totally does. But in day-to-day -day life, peace deserves both hands. Peace deserves both hands. So something that I have found, and I, I, I heard this from a pastor when I was in college. He said a lot of times what we need to do is, you know, surrender something because, you know, it's like we're holding so many things, and we want to receive God's goodness and hold on to all the other stuff. But we're humans. We, can't, we can only hold on to so many things. And so he said, sometimes a way to just help us to connect to letting go of that thing is to actually visualize that thing being in your hands and setting it forward and laying it down and leaving it there. Like, it helps us make that mental connection. You know, you're, you're physically acting out what is going on in your heart. And so we decide to lay down that thing, whatever it is, so that we can have both our hands to receive what God has. Yeah? Yeah, we make that, you know, this happens in interaction as we're seeking our Father, whom we love. Okay, this is just one of many interactions that are a part of the relationship. And so we decide, I want to lay this thing down, you know, and it's, I mean, and it just, and we have that desire. And it, it, it might take some figuring out for each different person in your situation. Like, life has some trial and error. That's okay, because God has grace and he is good. But make room in our hands. Make room in our hands for what he has for us. I don't plead with my father to talk to me. I believe he wants to. And I believe he wants to give me what I need to be able to know him. Because if, if God didn't move first, I could never know him. 
So I firmly believe that he's going to give me whatever I need to know him. Because I can't know him apart from him making me able to. Like, I can't. He's also going to give me the peace and the courage I need in this world. I know he's going to give me all these things, so I desire to conduct my life in a way that I hear well. Like, that's, I have that desire. I want to hear him well because I know he has such good intentions for me. Even if I fight him on him sometimes, and I do. All right, so the, the last section of my message, I wanted to go over just a few things that I have found help me hear well and how they tie into Scripture and how perhaps they can help all of us. And so, you know, take this for, for whatever what you will, but here are some things. I'm going to start with one that makes me less popular. Um, as we want to hear well, what we may find is that the amount of time we spend in entertainment and what consists of our entertainment may change. We, we live in a world, guys, where there is more to watch than you could ever watch if you try, chose to watch all of it. There's a lot, and it's a big industry, and, and, I, and I get it. It's very popular, you know, and everyone's been stuck indoors, and, you know, I mean, it's, you know, and th there's a lot of prob problematic things that come with that, and it has become such an ingrained part of our culture. It just kind of consider, it's considered a given, really. It's like if you think otherwise, you're really the oddball. And this is not, you know, in any way me saying if you ever watch TV or Netflix or whatever, then I'm totally hitting you on, no, hitting you on the head. No, you know, I mean, my wife and I watch TV shows and movies and, and things like that. You know, that, that, that's something we do to, you know, to relax and, and stuff after a long day. But, but if we're desiring to hear our Father primarily, then all of a sudden we're going to find that, well, maybe as long as we have been in front of a screen doesn't help us to connect with someone who is not limited to a screen. You know? I'm, and I'm not, I'm not saying you can never watch anything. Don't, don't, you know, please don't hear some legalistic mumbo-jumbo. But just, you know, if we spend all day there, we might find that, that, that you know, it engages a certain entertainment part of our brain, but nothing else. And we might find that Okay, so what we take in has an impact on us. And there, as, there, there at times is a mentality that people really like to assert, well, I can watch such and such, because, and it doesn't impact me. It doesn't really do anything to me. And I totally get that, you know, that's a convenient thing to say, but we don't consider that true about any other area of life. You know, if you learn something new, you believe you have been changed in a certain way, Okay. Um, if you, for, for eating, okay, I don't know anybody that could eat two pounds of bacon and a dozen donuts and say, I feel the same. You know, like, I mean, I don't know anyone like that. You know, it's like in, in all the other ways that we take in, we fully acknowledge I am different now because I took this thing in, okay? I, I feel different. I operate differently. I think differently. So to say that what we take in visually for entertainment or even just stories that we listen to, whatever, to say that we are unchanged by it can't be accurate, because if we were in fact unchanged, it wouldn't even be entertaining, because we're enjoying the changing. Like, I mean, it's just, you know, and this is not to say, and please hear me clearly, this is not to say TV's bad. You know, I mean, there, there are some awesome things out there that, that are inspiring. Um, but, but we have to have the maturity to reflect and honestly ask ourselves, where does this thing take me? And actually be self-aware enough to own that. 
because sometimes it's really convenient to just not really to just not really examine where this thing is taking me or what it's going to convey. So that's a big deal. Psalm 101 verse 3. This is in the New American Standard Bible. David says, I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. I hate the work of those that fall away. I shall not, I'm sorry, it shall not fasten its grip on me. It shall, shall not fasten its grip. So guys, you know, here, I'm, I, please hear me, hear my heart. I'm not here to give you a list of approved and disapproved things to a viewing. That's not, that's not it at all. But we need to be aware enough to, to actually consider how does what we watch impact us? That doesn't mean that we, you know, I'm not, this is not a guilt trip thing. This is just, this is part of maturity is I know if I eat 12 donuts, I feel terrible. And I know if I watch this show for three hours, I'm going to feel terrible. Like it's just, you know, I mean, it's just, we need to have that self-awareness and we need to understand how it impacts us because that's just part of maturity. You know, I mean, it's just part of, it's part of growing up. Part of us should always get to be a kid. And yet part of us has to grow up there. You know, it's both. Now, and the last thing on that note, um, it may be time for less entertainment and more creativity. See, God created us in his image, and we were made to be, you know, we were made to be creative. And so while it's okay to sit down and relax a little bit and watch a show, I'm not saying there's something wrong with that, but there's also a time to turn off the show and write a story, re- learn to play an instrument, you know, write a song. Uh, make something with your hands. T- take up carpentry. I mean, improve your house. I mean, just, you know, some, something where you're utilizing that part of your brain. You know, we're using that part of your identity. Because we were made to be creative. That is part of who we are. And if we turn that, if you spend all of your time observing what someone else created, you will never engage the part of yourself that's creative. You follow me? Yeah? It's just, that's, so you know, we're not going to get to that dimension of who we are unless we actually engage it. This is a part of the identity that we have. And I've, honestly, I feel like in our time with our Father, we are reminded and called to that. We just very often get distracted because distractions are really, ple- you know, we have a lot of them these days. We just do. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to try to go through these next ones a little bit faster. Um, the next one that has stood out to me is give beyond yourself. Give beyond yourself. Um, that, like, and, and I, I, I mean apart from even tithing. Like, find something that you believe in that is a worthy cause that is worth it and consistently invest in that. Consistently invest in something beyond yourself. James one twenty seven says, Pure and undefiled religion before God the Father is this, to care for orphans and widows in their adversity and to keep oneself unstained by the world. Find something beyond you that you really want to give in. I've been doing some reading for school, and it's kind of funny. They say that people who often suffer with depression, if they begin to volunteer for something beyond themselves to help other people in need, their depression actually begins to alleviate. I'm not going to say it's like, I mean, I'm not, no, I'm not advocating, you know, this cures all things, but, but it's just something that they've noticed, is that whenever you begin to invest your life beyond yourself, all of a sudden, you find that everything else is a bit different. Your perspective, your focus is different. It does something. It does something beyond you. Guys, we, we were made to 
not be focused on our own little world all the time. We were made for much bigger and more exciting, and honestly, it's a lot more satisfying to live investing in something permanently than it is just to be, you know, just to be consumed with all of your own stuff all the time. Uh, it's, a, it's a way better way to live. Okay, um, next, meet with God regularly. Meet with him right here. Here's what I mean by that. You guys like stories? Yes? Yes? Okay. Um, here's a story I've told the youth. Maybe some of you have heard it, but I just love it. Forgive me for repeating it, but I just I feel like it's really good. There was once a mountain man who loved living in the mountains. He loved where he lived. He would, you know, he found his, found his own food. He got his water, you know, by the creek. He lived way up there. He, he conducted his life, and every evening he would go on his back porch, and he would sit there with his dog, and he would listen to the sounds of the mountain. And he would take them in, and he would treasure them, and he would look up at the stars and be thankful. And he did this continually. Now, the same man had a friend who moved to New York, and this is a pretend story. I made this up. Okay, but it's, it's still really good. He had a friend who, who moved to New York, and that friend became pretty successful and pretty established and totally got, you know, got himself engulfed in the city life and was doing very well there. And so the New Yorker guy says to his mountain buddy, hey, come on down. Let me show you a really good time. Let me show you around the town. And so the mountain guy says, okay, sure. Well, it's a bit much for him. It's a little overstimulating, but hey, it's his buddy, and he's, you know, they're going to have some fun together. So they're walking down the street, and all the sounds of New York, I mean, just, you know, there are guys doing construction, there's jackhammers, horns are honking, people are yelling, just, I mean, there's all these things going on, and they're walking down the street, and the mountain man stops, and his buddy, you know, keeps going, looks back, and says, hey, man, listen, you can't, you can't, you're going to get run over by pedestrians, like, you can't stop in the middle of the street, you know, like, and the mountain man, they're walking to the side, he says, yeah, but do you hear that? And the city guy goes, hear, hear what? What are you talking about? He says, well, okay, hang on just a second. So the mountain man, he goes over to a corner, crosses the street, goes around to a planter, sticks his hand in the planter, and then walks all the way back to his buddy. And he opens up his hand, and there's a cricket in his hand. And his buddy goes, dude, there's no way. There is no way in all the chaos of this city that you heard that cricket. There's no way. There, no. And the mountain man says, oh, yeah, to I totally did. Like, it wasn't that bad. And he's like, how? How could you hear that sound over all these sounds? And the mountain man, he starts to explain it, and then he's, he stops himself. He says, hang on. And he takes out a $5 bill, walks over to a hot dog vendor, and asks for change in quarters. Okay, so he gets 20 quarters. He comes back to his buddy. He says, watch this. He chucks the quarters in the air, and they all come tumbling down. And the moment they hit the ground, heads turn from every single corner to their location. And he tells his buddy, he says, man, you know, it's all in what you train yourself to hear. It's all in what we train ourselves to hear. So as we meet with God regularly, guys, I understand, I mean, dude, I get it, you know, there's great diversity in this room, and sometimes we are truly busy. I mean, we, we really, really are. But if it's only, even if it's only five minutes when you get home in your car, I mean, just w whatever it can be, whatever, whatever works for you and your schedule and your time and, and just works to, to create that environment with just you and him, meet with him regularly in some way that works for you. Okay, like when I, what works for someone else, you might think that's not going to work for me, so I can't do it. No, no, no. It just means don't do it their way, but find yours. Find your way, you know? I mean, you're also not supposed to do the job they do. You're also not their height. You also aren't married to the person they are. I mean, you, you know, just because they found their way for doing it doesn't mean it's got to be yours. Find your way to meet with God. Own your way. Like, personalize it. 
personalize that. Okay. Um, pursue a love of God's word. All right, I'm, I'll, be, I'll be brief, but guys, if the way you read God's word is boring, change the way you read it. If, if, I mean, and and I'm, I say this as someone who grew up not finding it very exciting until I was 18 years old. I read it out of obligation, and that was it, because that made me, because I, because then I had done the right thing. Like, that is the, that was my entire motivation for reading it, and I still remember. I would flip up in my Bible, I would read a random verse or random passage out of context, close my Bible, immediately go to go to sleep, and the next day I could never tell you what I read. And but but I was I was reading it. I could tell people I'll read my Bible, you know. So but I got nothing out of it, you know. Like I mean, you know, like just it, it didn't do anything. And then I began to explore God's word out of desire to understand it. And I read translations I could understand. Um, I'm not against you know say the King James version at all. Like please don't hear that. But if you can't understand it. it it's much more difficult for you to to get things out of it to grow from it. So read things that you can grasp and ask for some help on things that you can't because now you're going to engage in a conversation with someone about passages that are kind of confusing and you're going to have this dialogue about it and you're going to be working through it and guys that's growth that is growth okay so i mean if you find it boring please you know, understand it's not by any means but sometimes we got to change up our approach we got to change it up man i remember as a high school student trying to figure out right and wrong in a very, I went to public school my whole life, trying to figure out right and wrong in a, in, yeah, at times a confusing world. In that season of my life, I loved Proverbs because Proverbs makes, makes a fool and a wise person really clear. And I could like, I would read Proverbs and I look around my high school and I'm like, fool, fool, wise person, fool. Like, I mean, you know, like, I mean, just, and I'm not like being judgmental, you know, but it's just all of a sudden I can recognize good decisions and bad decisions more easily because of what I was reading. It's, it's clear, you know, and I mean, I, I still loved everybody around me. Please don't hear me wrong. But all of a sudden, things that seemed murky and hard to navigate were easier to navigate because of what I had read. Become lovers of God's word. We are changed by it. Um, have a heart of worship throughout the day. This is my last one. Have a heart of worship throughout the day. Guys, I know that we have busy times. Sometimes worship seems like it consists of only saying thank you, Jesus, as we walk from point A to point B. Like, because, we're, because we don't stop moving throughout the entire day. Like, I mean, it's just, sometimes it's just, you know, you are hopping until you hop into bed. And that, like, that's, I mean, all the way to the end of the day. That's the entire day. But worship's not complicated. And that's really good news. Psalm 100 is five verses long. Psalm 117 is two verses long. Worship isn't complicated. It doesn't have to be some, you know, you don't have to have put 30 minutes of prep time into it before you can begin to worship. It is quite simple, in fact. Just, you know, practice gratitude. Uh, and I'm going to just, quick context here. Have you ever noticed we call it praise and worship in many contexts? Yeah, and we, it's, and we, we list two things there. When we say praise and worship, and we, they are often, you know, it's in the same place, it's in the same event, you know, and we don't really seem to differentiate, but they actually are two different things. So praise, okay, praise is where we focus on the good things that God has done in our life, and we praise him for this, you know, this faithfulness for God. Thank you for providing. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for, you know, healing me. Thank you, you know, we're, we're praising him for the things that he's done. Okay, that's praise. 
as we do that, as we acknowledge the things that he's done, it begins to show us more and more who he is. And as we see who he is, we begin to then declare his, his might, his identity, and his worth to us. That's why it's called worship. We're declaring his worth-ship. You follow? Yeah? You follow me? Yeah? So it's like, as we, as you, you know, we begin with praising him for what he's done, which then shows us what he's like. We then begin to declare what he's like. We're declaring his worth. And as we do that, our eyes are fixed on him. And as our eyes are fixed on him, we become more like him because you become like what you watch. Yeah? So that's, that's how, it, how it transitions, you know. So if you ever like, you know, I really need to change my mindset. Well, like I'm not trying to give you a, a formula, you know, do, do as God leads you to. But here's something that it's, you know, it's in Scripture. Read Psalm 100. They talk about both praise and worship. If, it, it, as we approach it, if you need to change in your own heart, start with thanking and praising God for things he's done. And then let yourself, uh, you know, as that happens naturally. God just, just let it, I mean, don't, don't, you don't have to force anything. Let it happen naturally until, until it becomes you're seeing him and you're declaring who he is and his worth. And as, our, as we see him clearer and clearer, then we are changed because we have now seen what he is like. And, and, and I'll be honest, in moments, something will rise up in me of, oh, man, I'm noticing that God is like this and I have not been like this. And in that moment, he, I'm able to surrender that thing that did not belong so I can be more like my father who I love. It's not some some horrible judgmental experience. No, it's that, oh, God, that's what you're like. Well, then I want to be like you. I want to be like my father. So, guys, these are some things that I have found help me to hear my father, okay? And this is not a comprehensive list, but but I hope that it does something to encourage you and, and some, I don't know, some, some things you can use. Because, see, when we do this, guys, when we are changed by our Father, all of a sudden, as we hear him, as we love him, as we seek him, do you know what we're ready for? Here's what we're ready for. This is back where we started. In a world where people will not tolerate sound teaching and instead follow their own desires, they will accumulate teachers for themselves because they have an insatiable curiosity for, for new things. In a world where that's the case, we can now preach the message. And be ready, whether it is convenient or not, to reprove, rebuke, exhort with complete patience and understanding. We're able to do this now because we have sought our Father first. So in a world that needs these things, guys, when we get the order right, when we seek our Father first, all of a sudden, the things that we desire so much to do, we're actually now equipped to do them. And that's really good news. Guys, as we pursue our first love first— we can do everything else as we need. Amen? Amen? Okay. So I pray, you guys have been awesome. We're nine minutes over. I'm going to close in prayer. Um, but here's what I want us to do. If you notice, remember the two hands thing. If you notice anything that you feel like has just kind of gotten in the way of that personal, God, I want to pursue you first as my first love. If there's anything, you know, and I'm not, I mean, that has gotten in the way in any way, even just, God, my schedule's just been so busy, I just haven't been able to, you know, I mean, whatever it is that has gotten in the way, visualize that thing in your hands, and we want to hand that forward in this time as we close, because we can, and it's good. Yeah? Okay. All right, so let's pray together. Father, in this moment, we desire our hearts to be totally yours. We desire our hearts to be yours first and foremost, and God, we desire you. So if there's any other thing that has gotten in the way of us desiring you first, and God, anything that has gotten in the way 
of what you desire for us. God, because your desires are best. Father, bring that thing to our attention so that we can get rid of it. God, right now we visualize what that thing is in our hands and we lay it down. And we lay it down and we are okay with that thing fading away completely so that our hands are open for the peace and the courage and anything else that you desire to give us instead. Father, we receive from you today and we are grateful to have such a loving and kind and patient Father who is for us and who is with us always. We rejoice in the love that you have for us today and it is our privilege to love you back. Thank you, Father, for your grace and your love right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's encouraging podcast. You can find out more information about the church on our Facebook page at Cornerstone of Victory Church, Statesville. Remember, life begins at the cross.